Well, hello, hello. How are you doing? How are you doing? This is the S. Anthony Thomas. This is the S. Anthony Says Podcast. How are you doing, everybody? This is episode number 393. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening all these years. Much love to everybody. You know, I kind of want to just get into this thing because I, I realize that sometimes, you know, it's best to just, you know, instead of just beating around the bush with a, with a long preamble, it's best to really just kind of dive into what I want to talk to you guys about. And, and I think this is one of those times, one of those times, story time, story time, my friends. What I want to talk to you about is. You know, sometimes you. How can I put this? Sometimes you make a change. And nobody notices it. You know, sometimes you make an improvement and nobody notices it. And in the beginning, you want people to notice it. Oh, you want people to notice that you made a change. Oh, you want people to know that you got better at something. Oh, you want their approval. But what you find out later on is. The longer it takes them to notice, the less you care whether or not they do notice. Right. Right. Everybody's, you know, man, you know, you, you maybe you want to lose some weight. Right. You got some pounds to lose. You're a little heavy or you're a lot heavy. Right. And, um, you know, people call you, you know, big girl or big boy. You know, they don't want to say you're a fat bastard. But hey, big mama. Hey, big guy. You know, that kind of thing. Right. And you start to lose weight. Right. And, and when you're heavy, you feel you don't always feel good. Sometimes you feel good. And sometimes you don't. And you know why you don't feel good. Maybe you slept on your arm and now your shoulders effed up. Maybe you get out of a chair too fast and your back's hurting. You know, something will happen like that. And it'll be because you're a little bit too heavy. I know what that feels like. I've been there. But then you start to make that change, man. And it's a change that happens very, very slowly. I remember when I lost the first 20 pounds uh, during this weight loss journey. And I remember what happened, right? I made a decision. I made a decision. And I go to the doctor's office and she says, this is the weight and this is what I want you to do. Right. And I go home and doctors a lot of times and they, they, when they, they tell you what they want you to do. But you could tell by the way they're giving you the instructions. There's almost a look on their face as if they say this as if to say, I'm going to give you this good information. But I know damn well you're going to leave here. You're going to go to a pizza place and you're going to drink a soda and you're going to have six slices of pizza and then you're going to come back and then you're going to give me some crap story and some lame excuses as to why you didn't lose the weight. And I'm not going to, I'm going to go, Hey, you really got to lose this weight. You got to get in shape. Da, 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 da. And you're going to ignore me. And it's going to be this next circle. And we're going to do this for the next several decades, whatever. Everybody does that. But I went home and I thought about it. Very similar to when I got the colonoscopy, the doctor said, you really need to get a colonoscopy. And on the way home, I thought, I ain't doing that. And then when I got home, I said, you know what? Don't be an idiot. You're going to have to do it. And I'd rather find out if there's anything wrong now than later on. And I already I have a whole episode about what happened at the colonoscopy. So you can go listen to that. But it, it turned out everything was fine. Perfectly fine. Right. And when it came to the weight loss thing, it was the same thing. I came home and I actually have the equipment. It's not like I don't have the equipment. I don't need a gym membership. I got enough stuff here. Right. It's old, but it works. It's functional. I got more than enough in this house right now that I don't have to get a gym membership. So there was no excuses. And I remember looking at the weights and thinking, I literally have the cure to my problem 
right in front of me. And the only reason that the problem isn't solved is because I'm not doing what I'm supposed to do. There's kettlebells right there. There's weights right there. There's a bike right there. It's an old bike, but it works. There's a heavy bag right there. It's an old heavy bag, but it's still functional. There's a stair machine there, right? Now, these are old machines I got from like Sears or something from back in the day, but they all work. I keep take, I take good care of my equipment, even when I ain't using it. <laughs> I, take, I took real good care of it by making sure it was put together properly and then ignoring it. <laughs> that's, that's one of the best ways to make sure your equipment doesn't break down. Don't touch it. <laughs> Right. So I decided to oh, listen, this is what I'm going to do. This is what I'm going to do every day, five to six days a week, 45 minutes of working out of some sort. Right. I just got to keep my body moving and keep moving and grooving. And damn it, if I do that, I'm going to lose the weight. And I just methodically every day, every other day, hit the heavy bag, throw sidekicks to the heavy bag, lift the kettlebells every other day, do crunches on the on the on the floor every other day, lift this and lift that. And at the end of the week on a Saturday or a Sunday, one day of those of the weekend, don't touch weights, no exercising, nothing, nothing. And I methodically did that every day for 90 days, every day for 90 days. I didn't work my hardest. It wasn't about hardest. It was about creating your routine. And I go back to the doctor's office. I didn't detect a change. I was like, at least I got it done. I made a commitment to myself and I got it done. So that's the first step. Step on the scale. Boom. I lost a whole bunch of weight. And the doctor goes, what? And she's shocked. Right? And I realized, how did I lose that much weight and not the hell know about it? How did I? I mean, it's not like I haven't taken showers. It's not like I haven't seen myself in the mirror. Right. But I was so busy putting my head down and just focusing on what I was doing. that I didn't pay attention. So as soon as I go back to the house, I go back to the house. I stand in front of the mirror. You take your clothes off. And I just want to see if I lost that much weight. I, I did change. And not only do I change, my genitals are still just as beautiful as they always were. <laughs> Don't hate. It is the truth. <laughs> Pretty junk. My nickname in college. Didn't go to college, but you get the point. F y'all back to me. <laughs> right? But I didn't even notice what happened. And and that's the thing, man. Nobody else noticed, right? And at the time when I was thinking, I want to look good. And I want I wanted people to go, hey, I can't believe you lost that weight. Looking good, buddy. But nobody said it. And I was disappointed when I did it. And nobody said anything. Nobody said anything. And I was sitting there waiting for somebody to say something. And nobody said anything. Only the person that said something was the doctor. And by the time everybody else noticed and started noticing that I was looking better and, and feeling better, I didn't give a crap anymore. It's like, I needed your validation a long time ago, you bastards. I don't need that crap now. You bastards. <laughs> right? It's amazing how that works. You want the validation, but then you start realizing I'm working on this for me, not for you, for me. Now it's about me, not you. Did I mention me yet? Good, I meant me. And now you don't care about the validation because the only validation you even give a crap about is the one from you. Like Michael Jackson said, the man in the mirror. And he also said, he, 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 which is what I said when I saw how beautiful my genitals were. <laughs> Just kidding. They still are. <laughs> Don't hate back to me. But sometimes, you know, sometimes nobody, people don't notice the changes that you made. And it's got to be about you. 
Sometimes you got to be selfish. I mean, I shouldn't even say selfish because it's not really being selfish. People from the outside think certain things you're doing is selfish because you're not available to them. Right. Nobody says it's I can't believe you stopped helping me out to go to the bathroom. You're so selfish. Nobody says that. I can't believe it. You actually went home and had dinner instead of doing something I wanted to do. That's so selfish. Nobody says that because they expect you to go to the bathroom. They expect you to eat. Right. But when you don't go out and party with somebody because you want to work out, yo, you're a scumbag. Oh, you're antisocial. Sometimes you got to do stuff for you. Sometimes you got to throw everything away and start from scratch. In my case, the bad habit of eating junk. I had to throw that habit away and start from scratch and it began to work for me. It's the same thing in relationships. Sometimes you got to throw things away. Sometimes you got to make a change and the change may not even be noticeable to somebody else, but you got to do it anyway. I told many, many stories about when I started doing stand up comedy when I was 18 years old and the women I was having sex with were like 10 years older than me, you know. And so when you're 18, 19 years old and the women you're having sex with are 27, 28 years old, you become more attached to them than they are to you. Right. They think you're attractive and they want to jump on top of you and enjoy you. Right. And then when it comes time for them to be in a relationship that someone they can be serious about, they basically like, look, it was fun getting it on with you. Get out of here, kid. I'm not going to get it on with someone who actually has, you know, who's actually successful now. You'll be successful in 10 years, but I'm not going to wait till for that crap. Get out of here, punk. And they toss you aside. And when you're 18, 19 years old and you get used to having sex with hot 28 and 29 years old, that's crushing. Oh, now, as I look back, I'm going, when I have sex with a 28 and 29 year old right now, I'm, uh, once again, Michael Jackson comes, uh, comes into mind and his famous saying, hee hee hee, cause that's usually what I do when I have sex with a 28 year old. And she goes, um, did you just roll off of me and go hee 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 and Shimon? Yeah, actually I did. She goes, yeah, that's weird. <laughs> that didn't happen. Really, it didn't. <clears throat> it did. Don't judge me. F y'all back to me. Right? So it's just, it was just a weird thing to be that young because, you see, as an 18-year-old, I was used to having sex with other 18-year-olds. And it's a whole different story. You're just happy to be there. You already know as an 18-year-old, this is not going to be serious. We're both teenagers. You know, five years from now, we're, you know, we're going to run into each other at a mall and, hey, what's going on? And it's not going to be that really that big of a deal because it's different being with a 28-year-old when you're 18 than being with another 18-year-old. And two 18 year olds are getting it on and they're doing the, they're doing the, the business and you want to go from one physical position to another physical position. It's kind of sloppy because you don't have a lot of experience. You climb off the girl and you go, OK, could you, OK, no, they put your knees down. and OK, uh, uh, OK, I'm, wait, uh, uh, and you poke her in the butt cheek by accident. Oops. Oh, sorry. And then and then you say, oh, there it is. You find a guy there. Oh, there it is. Yeah, oh, yeah. And everything gets good. And you want to try to do something else. Right. And, and it's like all awkward. OK, you put your leg away oh, hold on for a second oh he fell off the bed hold on get back up <laughs> well get a pillow and then you line everything back yeah it is yeah jack right 
when you're with a 28 year old woman and you're 18 years old, you got to realize she has 10 more years of experience than you do. 10 more years of doing Kegel exercises. Oh, yeah. Right. And she's got all her moves down. She knows exactly what she wants to do and exactly how to do it. And she's done it before. I remember being on top of a 28 year old and we're taking care of business. She's yelling and screaming. I'm like, yeah, and I'm I wasn't yelling and screaming. I was just like being real cool. Like, yeah, and I'm sure she's enjoying this. <laughs> Just kidding. I sounded like somebody was killing a war wildebeest. <laughs> I mean, no, I didn't. <laughs> F y'all. Don't judge me back to me. Right. And the next thing I you know, she shifts her legs and goes, hold a sec. Let's try this. And I'm going, how the hell am I underneath her now? How I'm, I'm how the hell did she do that? I'm, I was on top of her. And the next thing you know, I'm looking up at her. How did that happen? Why? Ten more years of experience. Fantastic. Right. I mean, you know what it's like when you're with someone for a long period of time. If you've been married or you live with somebody, you've been together for a long period of time. You know how it is when you get past a certain age and you got all your moves down and you got all the experience or you've been with somebody for a long period of time and you know what she likes to do and you know exactly what she wants you to do. And she knows what you like to do and exactly what to do to you. And you know exactly what to do to her. Right. You know, you're, you're on top of her taking care of giving her that good deep business. Right. And you look back over your shoulder and you see her, her toes spread out and you realize, OK, her toes are spread out on that foot. Her her other leg's going to shake in a minute. OK, now this is the part where I do. OK, this is where she wants me to hold her leg straight up, hold her feet together with my left hand, squeeze her breast with my right hand and uh, sing the theme song to the uh, Lee Major series, The Fall Guy. And then she. I mean, that was not something I actually did or with the with the next girlfriend. I mean, this I mean, that was just a random example. I mean, I just I wasn't remembering something that actually happened. I, I, it was not an old girlfriend who's, you know, whose toes would spread out and her other leg would shake and then she would want me to hold her leg straight up and hold her feet together with my left hand while her legs were straight up in the air and reach around, grab a boob and Sing, sing the theme song to Lee Major's TV series from the 80s, The Fall Guy. That didn't actually happen. Those are just, that wasn't me recounting something that actually happened. That was um, me just randomly coming up with uh, things that, <clears throat> uh, you know, just to, you know, to for, for, for the joke. Because this, this, this part of right, right, right there, that was a, all that, that description right there was, a, was a, a, a joke. It definitely wasn't something that happened four months ago. <clears throat> moving on uh anyway so what i'm saying is you have to make sure that you make changes in your life if the if the life call if it's called for sometimes you got to throw everything away and start from scratch sometimes you gotta throw everything away and start from scratch i've been in bad relationships and i'm sure you've been in bad relationships you've been in relationships where it's horrible i've been in relationships that were so bad so unbelievably bad but you also know you've had enough dating experience where as bad as this relationship is the ones before that were worse than that and you're going you know since every relationship has kind of sucked if I go to a new person, it's just going to suck anyway. And she doesn't have any STDs. So I, there's, there's that. And she, we do, do, do the do three to five times a week. Okay. It's more like three times a week. Uh, and, but I mean, every other part of a relationship sucks. We don't even really enjoy each other's company anymore. You know, it's like, it's like every time we look at each other and it's like, ugh, you know, I'm looking at her like she's a beautiful lady, but I ugh, still, ugh. And she's looking at me like he's cute, but still, ugh, right? 
hey, let's watch some TV. You figure you turn on the TV, you'll turn on something and you'll be entertained by something and you don't have to talk to the other person. Then you're sitting there arguing about what to watch. She wants to watch some dumb crap and you want to watch some crap that you think is great, but she thinks is dumb. You flip a coin and the coin actually, actually literally lands in the cushions of the couch straight up and down, which means it's not heads or tails. And you're going, good Lord, we can't even, oh, this even this sucks. It's just, right? Then the phone rings. Neither one of you uses the actual phone that often. You got your other phone, but you're going, okay, the, the phone rings. You both run the grab through the phone. Not because you're, yeah, and a lot of times when the spouse runs through the phone, you think, oh, why is she running through the phone? Is some other guy calling or she's thinking, why is he running through the phone? Is some other girl calling? But you both know you're not cheating because everybody else out there sucks just as much as she sucks. And you, you suck just as much as everybody else sucks because you both suck because this relationship sucks. You just want to talk to someone you don't hate and you'll know that the person that's on the phone is somebody you don't hate because the only person you hate is the person on the couch next to you that bastard. Pick up the phone and it's a telemarketer and they're talking about are you happy with your long distance company and you're like normally you would hang that phone up after some expletives but this time you're going she has a pleasant voice as a matter of fact I would like to talk about long distance and you look back at her and she's looking at you and she's mad right and she's not suspicious that you're talking to another woman she doesn't think you're cheating she's mad because she's like damn it i'd rather be talking about long distance because at least i'll be talking to somebody that's not his punk ass you've all been in those relationships haven't you right only time it's any fun is the three times you have sex right it was five times a week then it's three times a week now it's like twice a week right there's no love involved. It's just like this feels good and at least this is going to feel good for a little while. And then, well, we're talking about me. So long while. <laughs> F y'all don't hate. And um, <laughs> you're mad at each other. Right. And you're looking at her like, ugh, that felt good, but still, ugh. And she's looking up at you like that was awesome, but still, ugh. Right. But everybody else out there is just as bad as you. And at least I know you won't kill me or come back with an STD, so I'll put up with your punk ass. There's a lot of marriages like that. It's like, all right, I'll get it on with her a couple times a week. I'll get it on with him a couple times a week. At least I know he's not an axe murderer and he's not going to bring back any diseases. So I'll just put up with his punk ass. How many? Uh, how old am I now? Great. I got another 40, 50 years left on the planet. I got to be stuck with this bastard. But at least I know this bastard. I'd rather be with the bastard I know than some bastard I don't know. I don't want to wind up thinking I, the grass is greener. And then I find out the grass is green on top of my dead body as they discuss what happened to me and my disappearance on 48 hours. <sighs> We've all been there. And those relationships are stupid, aren't they? They're really dumb. You know how dumb a relationship where you're miserable except when you have sex or you're miserable except for your business relationship? You know how dumb that sounds? I'm going to create a scenario that's just as dumb as that to illustrate how dumb being in a relationship like that is. Boom. In this scenario, a magic genie comes out of nowhere. And you're looking up like, oh, crap, there's a genie. Guess they're real. That's kind of scary because that means a lot of other stuff's real. Oh, my goodness. That means people are going to know what I did to myself with that bar of soap at my grandma's house when I was a kid. And they're wondering, hey, if you took a shower, how come only your front of your pants is wet? And I'm like, well, it, and that, I mean, no, I didn't. F y'all, don't judge me. F y'all. <laughs> Back to the story. And the genie goes, hello, sir. 
I am your genie. And I, do I get free wishes? Hell no. Stop being greedy, punk. Here's the deal. I am going to give you five million dollars tax-free. All right, this is great. Yes, but one condition. I don't give a crap what the condition is. I make $42,000 a year and you about to give me $5 million. Life is good. Your head, tell me that when you said $5 million without taxes. Exactly. $5 million without taxes. Well, the taxes will be paid out of you. You, you understand? I, I get the point. Okay, but the, just tell me what the condition is or whatever, because whatever it is, I'm doing it. Okay, now, as long as you maintain the $5 million or any money that is accrued because of the five million dollars yes well every time you walk outside ten people will slap you in the mouth as hard as they can okay and several times a month a car will pull up at, at random intervals no matter where you are and six big dudes will jump out and beat you until you're unconscious um, this this uh deal doesn't sound that good. All of a sudden, uh, is there any way we could just stick with the slapping or something? No, 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 no. This is the deal. You can have the five million, but as long as you have the five million or any money that's based on the five million, any interest, any any investments which you have with the five million, as long as anything involving the five million, even peripherally exists, you will get slapped in the mouth every day by ten people and then several times a month big dudes will jump out of a truck find you wherever you are and beat you unconscious oh yeah uh, gotta give it some thought uh, could really use five million dollars but getting my, getting the crap slapped out of me I mean uh, that would suck but I could probably you know what I'll be honest with you I mean I you know, I took some boxing classes back in the day. I could probably roll with the slaps. I mean, it would be awful, awful, but, you know, you know. But it's the whole thing with the dudes coming out the truck and beat me unconscious. I could get, like, concussions and stuff. And then, uh, I, I, and then ruin my life. I mean, I mean, I'll have the five million bucks, but, you know, I'll have brain damage. I don't want that. Uh, hmm. Now that sounds ridiculous, doesn't it? And that's obviously an exaggeration. But think about it. Imagine being in a relationship where, yes, you get to have guaranteed sex two times a week, but the whole rest of the week, every week, it sucks. And you put up with it. I've been there, believe me. And you don't have to put up with it. I've stopped it, believe me. So what I'm saying to you guys is, and guys and gals, dudes and dudettes, sometimes you just got to throw everything away and start from scratch. I know it's scary. I know, I know, I know it's scary, right? Will anyone else love me? Did that person love you? What if I did? Stop being a punk. Stop being negative. Get your punk ass up and go do something, right? But I, I'll be honest with you, in a situation like that, obviously the $5 million thing was ridiculous. But there are times when I've literally looked at women that I've dated and I really thought, okay, I enjoy getting it on with you. But if I have sex with you 
And, you know, there's 23 hours left in the day where I'm absolutely miserable. Right. But when you go away somewhere and it's just me, I'm happy again. Granted, I have to take care of myself, if you know what I mean. If you understand what I'm saying. Oh, no, you thought I meant masturbation. No, I, I usually have a uh, DJ jobs. <laughs> just kidding. I meant masturbation. Right. But that's what I remember thinking in my 20s. It's like, ah, this is this is horrible. My teens. Are 20. So I'd rather be miserable myself and take care of myself a couple times until I find the next woman. than to deal with this crap. And ladies, you know what I'm talking about. You'd rather sit there with your back massager. Right. And, and be happy hanging out with your girlfriends and then coming home to your back massager. While you wait to find the next guy that's good for you, then be miserable, wouldn't you? Well, sometimes you got to be your own DJ or massage your back because that's better than putting up with somebody that sucks. So, folks, that's my message, my friend. Don't be miserable if you don't have to be. If it requires you being by yourself and being your own DJ or massaging your own back, it's better to do that than to just be with somebody that sucks. So don't be with somebody that sucks. And also don't be somebody that sucks because then that other person is going to be their own DJ or massage their own back and dump your ass. You dig? Cool. See ya.